This is Straight Talk with D. Kelly. It is Tuesday, October 5th, and we start with Mark Milley testifying before Congress about his conversation he had with Nancy Pelosi and also conversations on the phone with different countries, all during the last months of the Trump administration. On 8 January, Speaker of the House Pelosi called me to inquire about the president's ability to launch nuclear weapons. I sought to assure her that nuclear launch is governed by a very specific and deliberate process. She was concerned and made very or made various personal references characterizing the president. I explained to her that the president is the sole nuclear launch authority and he doesn't launch them alone and that I am not qualified to determine the mental health of the president of the United States. There are processes, protocols, and procedures in place, and I repeatedly assured her that there is no chance of an illegal, unauthorized, or accidental launch. By law, I am not in the chain of command, and I know that. However, by presidential directive and DOD instruction, I am in the chain of communication. These military-to-military communications at the highest level are critical to the security of the United States in order to deconflict military actions manage crisis, and present, prevent war between great powers that are armed with the world's most deadliest weapons. The calls on 30 October and 8 January were coordinated before and after with Secretary Esper and Acting Secretary Miller's staffs. Shortly after my call ended with General Lee, I personally informed both Secretary of State Pompeo and White House Chief of Staff Meadows about the call, among other topics. At no time was I attempting to change or influence the process, usurp authority, or insert myself in the chain of command. Now, General Mark Milley also testified before Congress about the withdrawal of Afghanistan, in which he described the withdrawal as a, quote, strategic failure, unquote. Now, that is contrary to what the president has said in an interview with George Stephanopoulos, in which he stated that he didn't have any other alternatives to a, com- to a complete withdrawal, and he never heard from any advisors as such. But this testimony from General Mark Milley contradicts that, in which he stated they suggested a small number of troops remain in Afghanistan to help ensure the control of the country by the Afghanistan government. Now, it is my opinion that he should have just stated, yes, I did hear from other advisors that we should leave a small number of troops there, but it was my decision that we go ahead and pull out all troops and I was ready to get out of Afghanistan. And the consequences that happened and everything that took place, it was a very bad decision. It was not handled correctly. And I take those hits. And you can go ahead and blame me for that. And he should have just come right out. And I would have had a lot more respect for him rather than just going on TV and saying in an interview, well, I never heard anything. So, of course, this makes the president look very bad at this time. Now, this weekend, we saw marches across the United States in over 650 cities 
the women of the United States gathered together and marched, not just in Washington, D.C., but it was in New York, it was in Atlanta, Houston, California. Um, they, we saw these rallies for abortion justice, is what it was called. And these women were protesting and marching to show they were upset about our abortion rights being dwindled down and taken, possibly taken away. I can't Now, these marches were very important for the Supreme Court to see how the American women feel at this time about this case they're seeing and they're hearing on December 1st, that will ask the court to actually reverse Roe v. Wade. So we are going to see how this pans out. But it was very important. Hope the court saw all the marches going on this weekend. And they will see how American women feel about this case. If you think the United States doesn't know how these moderates in Congress are holding up a vote on these bills and passing them and getting some legislation done. Here is just what it was seen by the public this weekend. On one side, we have the moderate Democrats, Kirsten Sinema from Arizona. What do I want from this bill? I'll never tell. Because I didn't come to Congress to make friends. And so far, mission accomplished. Ugly mess in Congress. We are talking about no deals that happened on infrastructure, no deal that happened on reconciliation. We are still going to have to raise the debt ceiling by October 18th. And there will be, there's a deadline set by Nancy Pelosi at the end of the month. So basically the House is not going to vote on the infrastructure bill until we, they see what happens in the Senate with a $3.5 trillion Build Back Better bill before the Senate at this time. They're trying to put leverage on the Senate so that they can pass the bill and then they will pass the infrastructure bill after that, only after that. So the progressives are trying to put pressure on, and it's just you know blowing up everything. Bernie Sanders is very upset, and he discusses all the problems that he is seeing occur in the House once the bill was sent over, and they need to finish up and vote for them as soon as possible. Senator clear. President of the United States has said it. Speaker of the House Pelosi has made it clear. Our majority leader in the Senate, Schumer, has made it clear. Both of these bills are going forward in tandem. Going forward in tandem. We've got to pass them both. I voted for the infrastructure bill. It is an important bill. I'm a former mayor. I know how much we have got to address our crumbling infrastructure and create jobs there. But I also know that elderly people in this country cannot chew their food because they don't have teeth in their mouth. I know that the American people are sick and tired of paying 10 times more for prescription drugs than the people of Canada and in other countries. 
I know that there are young people out there who would love the opportunity to get a higher education but can't afford community college. We're going to make two years of community college tuition free. And I also know that the scientists are telling us that if we do not act boldly in terms of cutting carbon emissions, that the planet we're leaving our kids and grandchildren will be increasingly uninhabitable. And we're not just taking on or dealing with Senator's Mansion or Senator Cinema. We're taking on the entire ruling class of this country. Right now, the drug companies, the health the health insurance companies, the fossil fuel industry are spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to prevent us from doing what the American people want. And this really is a test of whether or not American democracy can work. The Republican Party is bought and paid for by the pharmaceutical industry. They're not going to do anything. But I hope very much and I expect that the Democratic caucus and the president, I know he will, stand firm and tell the drug companies, stop ripping us off, well, tell the insurance companies that the American people need, elderly people need dental care, hearing aids and eyeglasses. It's been called a potential ecological disaster. It's one of the worst oil leaks on record. Right now, 144,000 gallons of oil is leaking into the Pacific Ocean from a pipe that's about four and a half miles offshore. It is affecting about 13 miles of beach in California. It brings back memories of the oil spill, deep water horizon oil spill off the coast of Louisiana that was in the Gulf of Mexico. They had also fish kills, birds affecting, birds birds dying. Uh, you would see uh, pictures of birds covered in oil. In fact, uh, I will tell you, a friend of mine was helping because they put out uh, flyers. They're they they trying to get people to work in the oil spill cleanup. And a person there uh, that was working there told me a story that they were cleaning up the beach, and here comes a pelican. Now, these birds are usually scared of people. They fly away, they keep away. He was covered in oil, and he went, came walking up to the group of people, almost like he knew, please, come here, catch me, and take me, and clean me up, and help me. He needed help. He knew he needed help, and he was reaching out. It was very uh, sad to hear that, that, you know, even these birds know that they're in trouble and they need help. So let's hope they do a lot better job than they did off the coast of Louisiana. And I say let's hope they do a better job because at the time, Bobby Jindal, was the governor of Louisiana, and he was shouting from the rooftops that the federal government was not doing enough to help Louisiana, not help the state of Louisiana clean up the oil. And then all of a sudden, it seems like he just stopped talking about it. Never said that things were better, that everything was, they were getting help they needed, just nothing. And I don't know who got to him, I have a feeling somebody got to him. I have a feeling somebody paid him off. Somebody did something to shut him up. But all of a sudden, he was shut up.
So please, Governor Newsom, Gavin Newsom, please take care of the state of California and don't do what Bobby Jindal did. That is why I say do a better job than Louisiana did. Of course, vaccinations is continuing to be a topic of concern as we reach a milestone number of over 700,000 Americans dying from COVID. So Dr. Fauci expresses his opinion on vaccinations, what we need to look for, what we've experienced. He just lets it all hang out. We have experienced over now close to 20 months of surges that go up and then come down and then go back up again. The way to keep it down, to make that turnaround continue to go down is to do what we mentioned, get people vaccinated. When you have 70 million people in the country who are eligible to be vaccinated, who are not yet vaccinated, that's the danger zone right there. So it's within our capability to make sure that that turnaround that we're seeing, that very favorable and optimistic turnaround continues to go down and doesn't do what we've seen multiple times before, where it goes down and then it comes back up. We can do that merely by getting vaccinated. We look back over former President Donald Trump's administration. Here is just another staffer writing about her experiences. From the new book by Stephanie Grisham called I'll Take Your Questions Now, in which she describes being in the White House and when the uh, president was in a bad mood, they would play music. This is just one of them. Is it soothing? Yes. It takes you down this road of calmness and soothes all your anger. Yes, we're feeling the, the soothing sounds that help the president just relax and breathe. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, came onto the floor of the House and approached the mic and said this. The preamble said, to establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. about you, but when I heard the preamble, I just wanted to break out into song with the remind, reminds me of the schoolhouse rock version of our preamble. <laughs> That's kind of how I learned it. I really didn't memorize it until then. Schoolhouse rock was wonderful. It taught you all kind of things about how a bill becomes a bill. <laughs> He's just a poor bill. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to end you with. <laughs>
Thank you for listening today. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, if you've got an opinion, you can do so at anchor.fm slash dkelly slash message. Or you can tweet me at dkelly22. That's D-E-K-E-L-L-Y 2-2.